Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I know it. I know it. This is exciting for me. I am at the L.A. Podcast Festival, which is something that never existed before, a podcast festival. It is a festival of many podcasts here at the Sheraton in Santa Monica in Los Angeles. And uh, the Dork Forest is live. Think Good things are happening. We all know, of course, the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Robert, uh, doing the audio today. Let's have a round of applause for Robert. Patrick Brady, of course, will be fixing this audio if I can get room tone afterwards, and that'll be lovely for him. He'll enjoy that. Uh, Mike Rickberg just sang the song you heard. The Mexican Hat Dance will be played at the end, uh, just in our minds, because I forgot to bring a CD. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but it'll be on the, on, and then, so there's iTunes, there's merch. Here at the podcast festival, you can get a Dork Forest t-shirt, a couple of different kinds of Dork Forest t-shirts over at the merch table. And then everyone who came to the live podcast today gets a free Ranger of the Dork Forest magnet and patch so if you are willing to sew feel free to knock yourselves out and then uh and then my guests very exciting let's introduce murray first because murray uh you're a dork forest favorite i am thank you very much for having me valeriano yes murray valeriano thank yes you. for the first time in 12 years i am pronouncing his last name correctly into a microphone mark murray. it in your calendars <laughs> don't forget to write and uh so murray has been on before talking about u2 and how much he enjoys the band u2 yes, he sir. has been ignored uh where he's not gotten to talk about u2 and he's talked about you too and then other times he didn't get to talk about you too because i talked about other things but murray <laughs> uh we're going to talk about the beatles today i think at yes. some point right yes. and then sitting so. to my left uh your friend and a man that i've just met paul edelstein welcome to the program thank you nice to be here paul edelstein is uh is 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 what we call here in, in the industry a working actor this guy <laughs> this guy works it's exciting he was on prison break which is very exciting for me uh because prison break yeah 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 cia special forces uh look at him he's obviously killer killer <laughs> very killer. fit yeah. very fit and now on private practice is that correct also a killer. Also a killer. I believe a lawyer. Killing, killing so. children on private practice as much as I can. That's the truth, man. Every time I turn into that show, it's some sick kid. And Dead I can't babies. Watch it, man. Dead babies. Don't bring your children to that practice. Wow, that is the worst practice ever. The thing I learned researching pediatricians is that they actually have a character trait in common, which is that they do it because they love it. There's not a lot of money in it because kids, thankfully, don't really get very sick a lot. Uh, so there's not a ton of money in it. There's not a ton of tests. There's not a ton of surgeries. There's not a ton of specialties. Okay. Unless they're on television. Oh, right. And then, no of course. No kid comes in with a strep throat. They come in with <laughs> Plesius Mersbacher. Oh, yeah. And they die. You had to learn how to say. Right. What is Plesius Mersbacher? I don't remember, but oh, there I, I know go. how to say it. Oh, there you go. Well I done. I thought you wrote one of my ch- favorite children's books, Plesius Mersbacher. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's a <laughs> very Dr. Seuss. Did I pronouncing that right? It's a <laughs> I think you mangled it hardcore. Plesius that's right. So that's right. You're a pediatrician. Yeah. Um, wow. So, uh, do you have children? If I might. I do. Just... I have one child. One child? Two and a half year old daughter. Human? Okay, good, good. I, think. I haven't looked. All right, excellent. So, uh, a little girl, two mm-hmm. and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Adorable. Mm-hmm. This one, he's got a kid right over here, Murray. He's got a kid named Frank. Frankie yes. Valeriano. Hey, uh, Frankie Frank. Two V's is what Graham Elwood calls him. Frankie Two V's? Frankie Two V's. Because <laughs> his uh, middle name is Vasilios. Wow. Oh, crying out because loud. Because I want my kid to join the mafia by the time he's 13. <laughs> Take it on the road, Frankie. It's, uh, man, six-finger Frankie. Anyway, that's crazy talk. Holy smokes. So you guys, uh, so what I did was I, I always do, there's always pre-production. I always say, what do you guys want to talk about? What is it? What's your dorkdom? And you said that for a while when you were doing uh, the prison break, you mm-hmm. got into the special forces. I did. You were interested. What did you learn? What did you care about? What well, happened? I, we figured out the character I played who was a Secret Service agent was a combo he had been special forces and then he had joined secret service and it, it's it's they're it's a very different psychology the thing that i learned about i learned a lot about special forces and i didn't know anything about it i'm very uh, left leaning and it gave me such an incredible respect for these guys oh right cuz you didn't know anything did you know anything about the military i know prior? a little bit about the military but what i i think we've gotten used to the idea of special forces more but until the really after world war 2 that idea of a very small group 
that could be inserted somewhere and, and left to their own devices was just – it was not a concept that flew in the military. Oh, right, right, because they, they all like marched it. at people before. They marched, yeah. And it was, yeah, yeah, you know, and then they was, put their bayonets and then they just went towards each other. And then now there's six guys were right. recon and, marines or right. whatever. And so they – and the military did not like this. So they got rid of it. Oh. And then uh, uh, Kennedy brought it back. So he's kind of the hero of the – Special Forces, also known as the Green Berets. Okay. And which was obviously effective in the kind of wars we fight now in Vietnam, et cetera. They would put these 12 guys in a, an A team. Right. Um, experts, Wait a minute. Yes, right. Is it the A team? <laughs> All right. We've already learned There's something. There's one guy with a mohawk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's one guy with a cigar. <laughs> There's one handsome. Bradley Cooper's there for some reason. I don't know why he's there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What? Okay, so just twelve guys with, but they could be loose cannons, right? I mean, that's well, the, where interesting. They really are the best and the brightest. They're incredible physical specimens. They're uh, and they all speak other languages. They're, right. Uh, they're supposed to be super um, educated in the cultures they're infiltrating. They're they're there really to train the indigenous populations. So they have. Okay. There's twelve guys. There's uh, uh, I don't want to screw this up. There's two commanders. Two engineers, two weapons, two operations, and two medics. Okay. And they conceivably can go out for months and months and months on end without any kind of... Do they ever fall in love? A lot of these guys with one another? With one another. I would imagine. Okay. and then. But what happens a lot of times is they go into these indigenous populations and they never come back. Oh, they go native. They go native. Uh, a lot of really? Native. Yeah. Oh, they go apocalypse it, now. It happened in Vietnam a lot. Wow. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, they and now the the military is relying on special forces more than ever with these kind of the kind mm-hmm. of wars that we fight now. They don't you know want to put a hundred thousand right. people on the ground. Now, when right. you say special would forces, would be intimidating though. When you say special forces in a group of twelve guys, yeah, are there different groups? Yes. So there's many A teams, sure. which are I guess the guys in the field, and then the B teams are support teams. They're like back at the base, and then there's a seat, then it goes battalion, and all. Until that they stuff. get called up to right. the big leagues, right? I guess so. But yeah. the the operational guys in the field are uh, what's called the A team. So now, did you get to interview with those guys? Uh, I met one special forces guy. They don't really talk. That, <laughs> really? So they probably wouldn't want a ranger of the dork forest. That's what I was told when I went overseas is that the the actual army ranger guys wanted no part of my ranger of the dork forest yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, ima- I would, t-shirts. I wouldn't imagine. They were like, mm, not funny. So the special not forces f- guys, in a way, were considered loose cannons. People were scared of scared mm-hmm. of it. And then there was, and now after, you know, Cold War, it yeah. basically special forces becomes CIA, goes back to special forces, then nobody really knows. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, because nobody's talking about it. The CIA runs a lot of the special forces ops. Right, right. Are there different for each branch of the military? Um, like like with the Navy SEALs? I believe the SEALs are the Marine Special Forces. I may be wrong okay. about that. But like because SEAL Team 6 is a Special Forces organized. Sure. I think. Sure. Be- yeah, because the Marines are part or the land version of Navy. Part of the Navy. Yeah, right. yeah. Which, right. by the way, if you ever get a Marine, tell Classic them. Classic Dork Forest moment that. where we're like, we just sort of know this. We sort of, <laughs> yeah. this is kind of like, there's probably Oh, that's good, because I was nervous, because I know, oh, no, no, as it's I just said, enthusiasm. I know a little about yeah. a lot of things. So. Okay, good. Enthusiasm I have plenty of. Plenty <laughs> of enthusiasm. Let's do it. You know, what's, uh, the la- when I, when I, last time I went overseas, the first time I went overseas, the big ad campaign was, uh, stop killing yourselves, uh, in the armed forces. Oh, right. And then the last time I went, the big ad campaign was stop raping each other mm-hmm. and um and probably connected in a certain way well now they're back to stop killing yourselves right. uh, the it's numbers a, are up again it's like it's, it's a war uh it's so feel free to enlist people because right. it's a good time <laughs> it's obviously there's a lot of depression and uh and they're or work just, for operation War- uh, wounded warrior because that actually pretty incredible organization what is that oh, operation yeah, it's, it's helping guys when they've come back with psychological issues etc oh yeah yeah those uh yeah i went uh Went to uh, the the Walter Reed thing too, Oof. where uh, those guys uh, and whoever hosted it was Aparna, um, Aparna Nancherla, oh, who yeah. is a stand-up comic, very very funny woman. Uh, she was hosting and she kept uh, saying, "Give a hand for the next oh. comic." And there was a guy in the front row didn't have an arm, oh. and every single time she said it, he would go, "Still can't do it," and. Uh, <laughs> 
And like the third, she kept <laughs> dropping the ball. And like the third time she said it, she was like, Jesus Christ, what is my problem? And, uh, and he was like, nah, it's funny. And, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, he was dealing with it as well. So, uh, <laughs> but in more cheerful things, yeah. uh, Murray, who loves the Beatles is, because you guys were like, we could talk about music. Cause you're in a yeah. band too, aren't I'm you, Paul? Yes. Is it called Doris? It is called Doris. Somebody emailed me and said you were in a band called Doris. True. Is it, uh, is it the Stray Cats? What is it? Is it, it's, I'm a hundred Seven. Not like the Stray Cats. <laughs> Do you know? I, I came up with this the other day. Do you know that song "Vienna" by Billy Joel? Yes. yes. It sounds like that. <laughs> the whole band kind of sounds like that. Somebody I've sent seen me that song. Somebody sent me that song and said, "Would you play this at my wedding?" And da da da. And I said, "This sounds more like Doris than Doris." Does. <laughs> and I knew that record inside and out. I don't know. I did not know that song. What wow. a beautiful song! It's now, a beautiful song. Because yeah. well, you should always. They'll always be Vienna. It turns out. Is Doris, is Doris a band or is Doris like Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails? It started as a band in Chicago, but when I moved here, uh, those guys didn't move, so I kept playing under that name, and now there are, it's kind of a, the same group of guys with some variations, but it's pro guys that live here that play with me. So. Are okay. you from Chicago? I am. Alright. Chicago land or the city? I grew up in a suburb, moved into the city when I was 13. Alright. So I can kind of get away with saying, oh, I'm from Chicago. From what Chicago? suburb? Uh, Glencoe. Don't know it. I think I am. John Hughes Land. Oh, okay. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah I am. I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. So, uh, we're, we're just a suburb of Chicago. It's to like some the extent. coolest neighborhood in Chicago is Milwaukee. It now. is really nice. <laughs> it's, it's like really... when Chicago is like 20 years ago. Like, oh, these old buildings and all that stuff. Uh, right, right. Nothing's Chicago. been ripped down. It's do, nice. Do you know the At Random in Milwaukee? Do you know I don't. Crazy what is weird... that? It's is it a, a bar? It's, a, it's an bar from the 60s. It ought to be. That serves alcohol ice cream drinks. Oh, the mm. mint julep or the grasshopper I don't is know. what I'm thinking of. I don't of. know. I'm thinking, my gra- uh, one of my grandmothers, uh, was, uh, an alcoholic and, uh, I've always been blamed for getting her to drink again because one third Thanksgiving <laughs> I filled up her wine glass. I was like, hey, I think I was 13 and I think she was 70. So I guess, I guess I'm not going to take that. Yeah, that's on you, that fault. one, huh? Yeah, I'm not going to, that's not going to be me. But she, when I turned 16, she bought me a grasshopper because it's a classic Milwaukee kind of thing where you're just like, it's going to be a fancy day. There's going to be ice cream and booze. <laughs> that's a fancy day in Milwaukee. Yeah. I had times. no idea the grasshopper had ice cream in it. Oh yeah. Oh, I've never had a grasshopper. Oh. I wonder if they serve a non-alcoholic version downstairs with a shrimp ring. It'll be nice. We'll get a shrimp cocktail and a, and a grasshopper downstairs. <laughs> I'm willing to party. Anyway, uh, so, so, so Vienna, so Doris, how many people are in the band usually? Five. Oh. Uh, guitar, uh, I play piano and guitar, then there's a guitarist, a bassist, keyboardist, and a drummer. All right. And where do you guys play out? Do you ever play out in Agoura Hills at that Canyon Club? We haven't played at the Canyon Club. All right. That's a place. That's a place a lot of. uh, Two weeks ago. I'd like to get there. (laughs) I'd like to play there. We're playing in Las Vegas next month. Ooh. Where in Las Vegas? Cosmopolitan Hotel for kind of industry thing, but it's open to the public. That should be weird and fun. Is it a, uh, like a show Vegas version of South by Southwest or something? Yeah. It's like for industry. Yes. Kind of, but it's not as. Tiny and there's three bands. It's a little more. It's, it's going to okay. be big. It's okay. just going to be not. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little bit of a freak show, but it's Vegas, so it yeah. should be right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we're playing on Friday the ninth. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited. Okay, so people should go to see that yes. if they're in Vegas and they're allowed, but they're not because it's they an industry. Allowed. No, it's open to the public. Oh, it's a public event. Yeah. Okay. Public so event. look at it. Does Doris have a uh, a website? DorisMusic.net. Oddly enough, DorisMusic.net. And do you have albums and stuff? We have two albums. Right. One that just came out last year called All the Details. Catchy. That's a nice name. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Uh, what kind of, what, uh, okay. So Murray. Yes, I'm trying to get on the, to find doors.com, but they won't let me on the hotel website. There you go. Oh, thank you. There wow. You look, you got a code written on your hand. Yeah. Six, capital Y, Don't six, it everybody. two. Everybody okay. now. Live it up. <laughs> For the rest of the LA Podfest, here's the free Wi-Fi. Six Y, six two. Is it true that Santa Monica has Wi-Fi? Oh, like citywide Wi-Fi? Yes. Is that true? Uh, apparently not. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get on That's right not now. true. <laughs> oh, I was working you. down here the other day. Oh, by the way, that's an invalid okay. passcode. Is it? Well, then you're. That's because you didn't go under the guest one. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I didn't. This is good. This is. I'm this gonna, is we're gonna keep scintillating this. stuff. I'm gonna keep this in. There's a reason why t- I'm not packed like Todd Glass. Can we go on my bill pay thing and pay some my gas bill and stuff while we're doing this? Sure. Okay. We can use Maury's cards right. anyway. So, uh, what, but you guys. So you were telling me you could talk for four hours about Annie Hall. Begin. I, I think I could. <laughs> <laughs> the I have, first shot. Tell I me what to have it is. Mr. McLuhan right here. 
What was the first shot of Annie Hall? I don't. Even, I barely remember, except for that they went and saw some Nazi movie forever. That's uh, uh, Sour and the Pity. That's Sour it, Sour and the Pity, pity like yeah. a six-hour movie about, right. uh, about against against Nazis. I'm hoping, right? Um, right. Okay. Uh, what is the first shot of Annie Hall? It, I believe it's, already. it's an opening. It's it's an interview segment. He's right? talking to the camera, right? Yeah, talking to camera, right? Yeah. All right. He's talking to the camera and it's, it's the, uh, it's not, my, it's not he, my brother, he needs the eggs. It's such small, it's the, the, the food's so bad in such small portions. About oh. Love. He's All making right. an analogy with love. My favorite, favorite, uh, line from that is when he's talking about, uh, relationships and breaking up with women and he says, uh, <laughs> do you probably it's do it like a shock. <laughs> yeah. Relationship needs to keep moving forward otherwise it dies. Is that, is, is that the line? So he the- says, and then he says, I think what we have here is, <laughs> A dead shock. <laughs> <laughs> and then they break up. And then he's, oh, that's, uh, you know what I like about Woody Allen is that the a number of women that he's uh, been with doesn't make any sense to me. Because uh, the late 60s, I've, I've watched just, I saw a stand-up set of his from 1965, and it is amazing. It is an amazing stand-up yeah. set. But then I saw him on Dick Cavett in 1970, 71, and you're like, oh, you were a creepy 30-year-old. Totally creepy. <laughs> right. It doesn't, uh, just because you're 80, it doesn't right. mean that he's you always. Just wanted to hang out with a 15 year old. Talking about his Always. neurosis, but he's got like the weird long red hair, and you're yeah. like, oh, I see where this is going. This is never going to end. This is always going to end in tears. But in all the Diane so- Keaton interviews, she just says, oh, you don't get it. I pursued him. He wanted nothing to do with me. You are and- correct. I do not get it, Diane Keaton. <laughs> There's a great Even- documentary. PBS did that great documentary last year on, yep. him, on him, if you get a chance to check that out. And it's like one of the first that was right? participating. Yeah. Really participated. Seeming willingly, too. Yeah, yeah, and talked about. Everything, including and his uh, stepdaughter, Sun-Yi, yeah, yeah, Sun-Yi, yeah, the stepdaughter good. that he married. Right now, what now? What makes it one of your favorite movies, though? What makes Annie Hall one of the one of the great movies? Well, it was of the lines. No, I mean, I, yes, probably, but it was it was so informative at, when I was a kid. I mean, we used to okay. watch it. We used to like rent Star it, like, Wars every for me. weekend, kind of okay. like Star Wars for you. Okay, and it was kind of I felt like in high school being a bit. Awkward and neurotic. It was kind of like there were the Top Gun guys and okay. there were the Annie Hall guys. Because okay. you're like, well, if he's he's charming and he's he's getting some action, he's getting some action. And mm-hmm. the neuroses, the way that that movie works. I mean, it works like a. I mean, their idea. I mean, him and Marshall Brickman talked about it trying to function like a novel, not like a typical film. It doesn't move. The narrative is not linear, and it has all those turning to the audience, but it also has flashbacks and flash. Forwards and fantasy stuff, and it just kind of it's sort of a rich man's driven. Ferris Bueller. It is like a rich man's Ferris, like okay. a Jewish man's Ferris Bueller. <laughs> All right, is it Ferris Bueller or a Jewish man's Ferris Bueller? Is Matthew Broderick not uh... Ferris Bueller? That doesn't sound no. That doesn't sound Jewish to is you. It true that Alan Ruck was thirty-five when he made that movie, the guy who played Cameron. I think so. I think he had to dye his hair for the high school yeah, yeah. scenes. <laughs> great, but it, you know, it was it was it was kind of an expression of that neurosis and making it funny and charming, and, and that okay, just, that went miles for me. Annie, yeah, Annie Hall, that is yeah. right, right. Interesting little trivia uh, thing about that. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, at the end scene when uh, he runs into Annie outside the sorrow and the pity. Not the filth and the fury, which I keep calling it, which is <laughs> which didn't come out. Which, wow, that which is, is an the, entirely different film. Yeah, it's a entirely different movie about uh, the, the Sex, the Pistols. Sex Pistols movie. Um, uh, it's it's all it's all shot, and he's and he's doing the narration, and he runs into the girl he's with. His new date is Sigourney Weaver. Correct. Oh, fun fact! I did not know fun that. Fact. Yes. All right, and then later she fights aliens. All yes. Right. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to in, in her underwear, in her panties. In her, in, in her underwear. Yes, yes. There's some aliens she loses to clothes. the underwear. Wait, is it at the end or is it outside the movie theater? It's outside the movie theater, but I, flashback of the movie theater to the fifties, though. Oh no, that's no. Right. that's right. You're right. Yeah, it's You're a, right. yeah, it's at the end. So talk to me about these Sex Pistols. This is a band, it was right? A band. Okay, and kind uh, of a band. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, really? You know, a lot of people. Uh, like really attribute them to the being like the start of punk rock and it's completely bullshit. It's not. What, oh, really? Yeah. I'll throw down. How so? How so? <laughs> Where like does the, it begin? They're like the Spice Girls. They were put together yeah. by a producer. Really? They were given a whole gestalt, gestalt, gestalt. gestalt? I believe. The, they were given one of those, told behave this way. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Oh, the, right, right. What had happened was uh, punk really started in, in New York in the Lower East Side in the uh, early, 70, uh, early 70s, maybe late 60s, depends on if you consider... The Velvet Underground influential in that. And Ian McLaren, People the producer, do. came over and saw all these poor bands playing at like Max's Kansas City and CBGB's who were so poor they were pinning their 
safety pinning their shirts together to hold them on. He's like, oh, that's a great fashion statement. So he went to New York, opened up his store with his girl, I forget his, her, and then started selling safety yeah. pin stuff like that. Yeah. That's very, uh, the sequel to The Outsiders. Do you guys read That Was Then, This Is Now? When all yes, the socials started right. wearing jeans? That's Wait, right. that was the sequel? Like, that was the sequel. That Was Then, This Is Now. The oh, sequel to I The Outsiders. It, I saw the movie starring oh. two uh, stars that never went on to do anything else. Uh, yeah, both of those movies were pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. By, Rumblefish, of course, was the worst. Stay like golden. Oh, stay, yeah, Pony Boy. Did you see uh, Rumblefish with Mickey Rourke? Oh, yeah, of course. And Diane Lane. Did you? Oh, it was Diane Lane, wasn't and, it? And uh, Chris Penn and Nicolas Cage. Right. Black and white, Black except, and white. For the the, except for the fish. Except for the fish. Do you know why? Because he's just like the fish. <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies where someone's sitting next to me hitting me going, get it? You get it. You see what's where I was like, ride to the ocean, and then he gets to the ocean. I'm like, now what? Now, now, what? Like a, <laughs> now he's getting like a job waiting tables in Santa Monica. Like, it blows. <laughs> Fuck. Exactly. It's a, swear on the you can cast. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, swear on the internet. The internet's full of swears. So, Murray, um, didn't the... Didn't the Sex Pistols thing really get going once the Ramones went and toured England and then they saw, they, they all came and saw the Ramones and were like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah, the Ramones and, um, New York Dolls. New York, New York Dolls are a huge influence, uh, on that whole scene. And there's, I, I probably shouldn't say this because I don't know the exact, but there was a, I think it's called the 101 Club. I, somebody was nodding along with me out there. Maybe you can back me up. Uh, uh, the Sex Pistols played there when they first started. And in that audience was, uh, the Buzzcocks, Morrissey, um, oh the shit. Depeche Mode guys. I don't know if the Depeche Mode guys No, not Depeche Mode, the other one. Uh, the yeah. Other one anybody, like, everybody at that the, show yeah. started a band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy. Uh, New Order. No, the New Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joy Division. Joy Division. Those guys were there. Curtis. And they, everybody in that audience started the band and right. pretty much started the whole Manchester scene. Yes. Now, everything I know about, uh, punk rock music comes from the movie Repo Man. Did you guys, did you guys, I owned that album. I went and saw that movie. I felt like I was in the cutting edge or something. Yes. And, uh, that was in 1983, I think. Alex, so. uh, what's his name? And he also directed Sid and Nancy, right? Oh, he did. I never saw Repo yeah. Man. Oh, you never saw it? You know what? Uh, nobody lives by code anymore except for Repo Man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. Although I believe I was, but I was. Black Flag? That's a, that's a yeah, punk yeah, band, flag, right? Yeah, 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 they're shouting, We're right? A hardcore band, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of punk music. I think of a lot of shouting, as some rage. I, Henry Rollins is an old band who I consider Henry Rollins, uh, hipsters, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, nice. Nice. I kind of like that, that. That's well done. Well done. Yes. Yes. That guy is in every fucking documentary oh ever made about anything. Do you Just... know why? Because he needs $526, which is after scale. <laughs> and uh, who doesn't need $526? Henry does. It's a, but I did a show once with Henry Rollins, uh, on, yep, VH1 The List. Oh, back yeah. in the 12th oh, I remember century. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what I should be on. Something about music. It was a music VH1. VH1 panel show, and it was Henry Rollins was hosting it, and then the other wow. guests were like some guy from the Doors who Manzarek, Ray yeah. Manzarek, Ray Manzarek, and People then um, two kimonos, a karate guy under siege. Steven Seagal. There we go. So and uh, <laughs> two kimonos. He was wearing two kimonos, he a need, red one and then a them. blue one. He probably needed them. And him and Henry Rollins got into it backstage. Oh, and, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. Henry Rollins said to him, you owe me $20. And, <laughs> and Steven Seagal in this like si like quiet Buddha voice, because he had just found out, he just paid someone to have someone tell him that he was a reincarnated Buddhist or uh -huh. something. And uh, But he uh, he was like, do I? And uh, it was very much that, and Rollins was in his face. And then the other guy was the guy who played uh, Private Saving Private Ryan. He played um, and the, he Ed played Burns. The, the Jewish kid, Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. That, he also played the goldfish on Friends. He played um, um, Adam Goldberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Adam roommate. Goldberg, the roommate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Goldberg. And uh, and so and there was me, and I was the comic relief. And uh, and so they like they were like, why didn't you pick any women's songs, man? Because and I was like, ah, oh, fuck you. I don't. Uh, <laughs> You know, is, the, is the Steven Seagal uh, Hollywood rumor true that he was Mike Ovitz's um, uh, either bodyguard or personal trainer? And Mike Ovitz said, he, I, at the height of his power, he said, I can make anybody, I can make this guy a movie star in a year. 
I hope that's true. Oh I my god! I think that's kind of how that's that's what I heard. Wow, that's a great story, <laughs> even good. if it isn't true. Let's just say it's true. Let's just say it's true. I, I, I wish my I think Mike Ovitz did that from like Michael Bay. Like he just looks around and finds people who are just out of their fucking minds and go, yeah, this guy, uh, this this woman, I'm gonna make her like homecoming queen, mm-hmm. and or whatever. You know, it's like that kind of thing. That's crazy. I actually did warm up for the list. Oh, did I you was, do I was warm never up on on the list? But I did warm up for the list for like three episodes. And, and it's it's soul sucking, right? Warm oh, up warm or... up is the worst gig a comedian can ever have, unless you're Jimmy Pardo. Right, right, because he only does seven minutes in front of Conan. Right, and he right? doesn't. No, no, and he does his act. And he doesn't even say he, he calls himself opening for Conan. He doesn't even call himself yeah. opening for Conan. Right, so I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. fight with Pardo later on today at the festival. Are you gonna throw it down? Gonna You're gonna throw it down with Pardo. Okay, so uh, the other band that you gentlemen enjoy is this uh, these four guys from Liverpool, right? The Beatles. England Oasis. (laughs) I think it was was the band before Wings, if I remember correctly, Uh, right? I'm still enjoying the Oasis comment. Good one, sir. (laughs) Well done. Well done, sir. There's a great video of uh, Liam uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Gallagher. There's a great video of Liam Neeson called Taken 2. Uh... Of him, the great thing about Oasis is when they first started, they had to they had to uh, they had to play a half hour at their gigs, and they only had twenty minutes worth of music, uh. and so they would do whatever. If they if they were doing really shitty, they would rush through their set and only have like fourteen, and then have like sixteen minutes to play, and then however much time they had left, they would just do an extended version of I Am the Walrus. Yes, they would <laughs> just play I Am the Walrus for fourteen minutes. I remember when, wow. they, were, when they were blowing up an MTV, and they had to be uh, subtitled. Because no, you can't understand what they're saying because they were so drunk, but also from Manchester. And they also released uh, the album, an album of just the two brothers fighting in the studio. <laughs> it's just, it's an album of them just yelling at each other. The band Oasis. Yes, I'm unfamiliar with their work. Uh, I'm alone in this room, but I don't <laughs> fucking know who they, they are. They call themselves the the new incarnation of the Beatles. They weren't. They oh. were not even close. <laughs> they were not. And uh, but they are from Manchester, and it and it all it was like that. They are and the the biggest pompous ass. They yeah. suck. I saw them at Coachella. And I saw they, them too, and they suck. They headlined at Coachella. Now Coachella is an all what year, like recently, five years 70, ago, right? Something like that. Um, okay. Now Coachella is in the desert. It's 110 degrees. It's three days long. They're going on on Saturday night at 11. We've been <laughs> we've been sunburned for 12 hours. They go on, and the fucking lead singer just stands there like this <laughs> for 20 minutes. And me and half the crowd went, fuck you. <laughs> and wow. got up and left. Didn't even sit in for their show. Wow. So what, uh, um, so when did you guys get into the Beatles? What happened, uh, was that in the seventies? No, I what happened? I grew up, I grew up with it, um, but, uh, cause I had an older brother and sister who listened to it, but it wasn't really until I was in my, like, late teens, early twenties. I remember one of the first CDs, the very first CD I got was Please Please Me, and then the next CD I got was White album when they released that on CD, but then I, I had all the vinyl too, and and then I just went. Do you own every iteration deep. of? I do, yes. Okay, like so you have like you got cassettes, and then you got. I, yeah, I didn't ever. I never really bought cassettes until I started coming to Los Angeles and didn't have any music with me, so I'd go to Counterpoint on Franklin, oh, and yeah. buy dollar cassettes of everything I could find, and listen next to right. next to UCB, yeah. Oh, okay. Still a great record store. Yeah, yeah. The okay. guy who owns it kind of jerk though. Mm. I used to live around the corner. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> Murray knows things. You have to be a jerk if you if you run a record store. I guess so. I don't know. I don't that in a bookstore. It's like if you if you I, I go to this bookstore and they are not helpful. They sometimes they're just like, no, you don't. I don't want to talk about books. And I'm like, you run a bookstore. Why would you want to sit there and talk about what we all love to read? Right. No, no. So first of all, they're bossy magoos about what they don't like to read. Like if right. you bring up an author and they're like, yeah, that guy's a hack. It's uh, I I went in and some guy was ta- telling me that Heinlein was a hack, and I was like, Heinlein, take it back. What's a Heinlein. Anyway, I mean, I get it. There's a lot who's, of who's Heinlein. Robert Heinlein, he wrote Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, okay. Anyway, so it's just fine. I've weeded off. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> why don't you, uh, ask a question? Ask a, do your trivia thing that okay. you're all oh, excited about. Are we doing Beatles about. trivia? I am. Well, oh, I, I, this is terrifying. Uh, I got some Beatles trivia. I, I, the, my favorite thing Jackie ever said to me, by the way, Jackie Cation is my wife's, uh, favorite comedian. I like, just like to point that out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and Murray does stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah for those of you who don't know, I'm a That's comedian. That's where it all falls apart briefly. 
It's uh, my my uh, my dead mother. Uh, her favorite comic, Norm Macdonald. And I was oh, like, really? you realize I do stand up comedy. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know, but he's great. Not like not like Norm. And then I killed her. No, I didn't. <laughs> There's a really good uh, Norm Macdonald. Well, self plug. Sorry here. There's a really good Norm Macdonald story on my latest episode. I do the Road oh, Stories right. podcast. Yeah, yeah. How about we plug? Some stuff? <laughs> hey, Road <laughs> Stories podcast. Uh, where Murray uh, interviews uh, different comics about road road stuff, and, and then other anything that comes up, but a lot of road stuff. Yes, and there's a great story about Norm Macdonald on uh, the episode that'll be coming up tomorrow at RoadStories.tv or MurrayBlair.com. Beatles uh, trivia. By the way, the only reason I said that is because uh, I called I called Jackie today, and I was telling my wife what I was doing this morning, and I said, Jackie, if you don't mind, I was going to come up with a little Beatles trivia. Uh, you know, we've never really done. You know, I don't know, you've never really done that. You haven't really done a lot of trivia stuff, but would you want to do a Beatles trivia? And I said, I love the fact that you're going to spend. St- a couple hours coming up with Beatles trivia. That makes you a dork. Yeah. Do it. Own it. Yeah. Let's do this. So I was excited. So as I ignored he my could, He could my do Beatles trivia son. without having to spend a couple hours doing it. He could just yeah. ask Beatles trivia. I was just right. writing he typed it down. it up. It's beautiful. It's Thank very, you very nice, much. Nice now, formatting. I didn't really get a chance to order it from uh, Easy to Hardest or anything like that, so okay. I'll just randomly okay. pick one. Uh, well, I think I'll start off with an easy one. Please do, because I might win then. Okay. I think it's easy. I don't know. Uh, well, all right. Let's try this one. Uh, what was the first, oh, this is actually kind of difficult because I didn't know this. What was the f- first Beatles single released in the U.S.? Love Me Do. Ooh, no. Uh, Next. No, it wasn't? Um, it wasn't Love Me Do? No, but hand. you would think so. Yes. Please, 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 please me. be from the back. Well Excellent. done, sir. Well done. 1963. 1963. But this, I thought it was. This could be a good, a new game show. It's like, let, let's just do like a, like a Doug Loves Movies, but whatever the dorkdom is. Just yeah. start doing like, who hungers for games? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we get Doug on here. It'd be Doug Loves, Doug Loves Dorks. Uh, this is for the musician. Well, this is somewhat easy, I think. The what, musician, the, the, the magazine? The musician, Oh, Paul. the actual musician. The musician magazine. The, what are, musical instrument did Paul McCartney make famous? Ukulele. Bass. What? The bass. The but, Hoffner bass? Yes, the Hoffner bass. Good. Somebody oh. else got that in there. Why, why did he play a Hoffner bass? Oh. Why? Ooh, right back. No. Because they're the only ones who made left-handed? It wasn't made left-handed, but it looked the same upside down because it was a oh, violin okay. shape. So if you turn it upside down, it didn't look funny. Oh, okay. Oh, and he's left-handed? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Note to self. All right. He's obviously cursed. Okay. <laughs> Higher mortality rate, right? Oh, by really? Far. Yeah, by far. Left. There's a fun fact. Especially if they become dentists. <laughs> right. In and they're suicidal and left. Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And if then. they're ex-military dentists that live yeah. in Seattle. Dentists have the highest suicide rate. Okay. Seattle is very suicide. Also sad. And, oh, I get it. Yeah. And they're and left-handed. left-handed. And they're left-handed, so, uh, alright. They keep just veering into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Alright, um, okay, this is a fun one, and I think, uh, this gentleman might, uh, be able to help out. Um, in 19, April 4th, 1964, Billboard's Top 100, the Beatles occupied 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. 64? 19, April 4th, 1964, all five slots were occupied by the Beatles songs. Name three of them. Name three of them. 64. I was, oh, man. Oh, shit. You don't have them listed. I don't have them listed. Fantastic. <laughs> it could be oh, no, I do, anything. I do, I do, I do. I just actually, I do, I do. I numbered it Brian as a Stone question. Cowboy. Brian Stone Cowboy, number one. Knock three times on the ceiling if, okay. Ooh, You're dead. Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando. Dawn. Age of Aquarius. This is a Beatles trivia. Let's take it seriously. Elvis. No. Uh, she loves you is one. No, sir. Yesterday. No, roll over, baby. No. Pre yesterday. Huh? Pre yesterday. Pre yesterday. Sixty four. Well, then it, so wait. So what was the first one? Uh, she, she loves, loves you. you. I want to hold your hand. Hold your hand. Love me do. Love. No. No. Love me do. No. Gosh, you would I'm just think love keep me saying do. love me do to everything because yeah, it's gonna be wrong. Uh, the, the one was already uh, mentioned. Please please me. Please please, please me. Please me. That's three. That's three. The other two, uh, Can't Buy Me Love, Twist and Shout, Twist and Shout. She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Please Please Me. Interesting note on that, seven other songs occupied the hundred also that day. From so them? they had 12 songs in the top 100. Wow. Do you know the story? I think it must have been in 64, 65 about Bob Dylan uh, listening to, he was in, his, in a limousine going to a concert in, I think in Denver, somewhere in Colorado, and they played the top. 
10 and the first five were the Beatles and he was so happy about it. He felt like it was such a revolution. He got out of the limousine and danced around, danced oh. a jig. <laughs> nice. Because he loved the Beatles. And enraged, so Beatles, and enraged yes. folkies who and drove by. Folkies everywhere. That's a, that's a, a, what other fun facts do you guys know about uh, the Beatles? Do you know any fun stories? Uh, is there any, is there any good gossip about, uh. There's been a lot. Has there been a lot of gossip? <laughs> yeah. Is there any good Ringo stories? Ever, nobody ever talks about uh, Ringo. Who was the, I mean, the answer is Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo. Who is the most talented Beatle ever? Ironically, Ringo ironically is the first Beatle after the Beatles broke up to have a number one hit. What was it? I, you, oh, you have a, you, I, you, I have a different answer to that. That's, <laughs> well, you think it's Harrison? I do. I thought it was Harrison. No, it was, it was, um, it was, it ain't easy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, huh, cause I had, I thought it was, uh, Harrison's, uh, My Sweet Lord. Not oh, him. ooh, if I could get on the internet later. with a bogus password, we could find out. <laughs> Alright, we'll settle that out. We'll settle that after, mister. Yeah, I'll okay. put it in the notes. It'll all work I'm out. I'm going with Ringo. You know that Lennon quote about Ringo's drumming? Yes, no? my favorite. What's that? Uh, they, uh, he, by the way, is an underrated drummer. I believe so also. I believe Ringo Starr is an amazing drummer, is what you're saying? Amazing drummer, good, but good? he kind of got a hard time because he wasn't a flat, flashy drummer. Okay. And Lennon was asked if he thought um, Ringo was an uh, you know, underappreciated drummer, and he said, is he the best drummer in pop music? And Lennon said, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Because McCartney is a great, great drummer. He actually, oh, yeah, he? he played all the drums on his first solo album. McCartney. He played a lot of the drums on Abbey Road, supposedly yeah. too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Ringo's a little indisposed. But I, th- I think, yeah, I think Ringo is very underrated, and he, he really—if you were to put Keith Moon and the Beatles, no, you know, it would so never good. happen. It would not be the same band. Not so so I think, I th- especially his work on uh, a Rolling Day in the Life. Stones? Keith Moon, yes. Rolling Stones. Okay. The Who? What? Oh, the Who? Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bunch of stoned hippies. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, so he was in the Who. Uh, Keith Moon, Moon died from some sort of overdose, right? Yes. Okay, in a pool. Was there a pool? Involved? No, that was Brian Jones. That was Brian Jones. All right. Of the Rolling from Stones. the Rolling Stones. From the Rolling Stones. Hence, I'm um, the conflation of my. Keith finale. Moon was trying to get sober. Actually, he died technically. I think of an overdose of the pill. The, those like sober pills or whatever they were called. Oh, I love taking those. Yeah, oh, sober <laughs> pills. It sounds like the best idea yeah, ever. Yeah, really. These are most sober Keith pills. Keith Jones found him. Who then replaced him in the Who? So really, oh, I didn't know that part. That, yeah, it's interesting. It's always funny because you, you know Keith, uh, Keith Moon is like they, they always put him up as, as the ultimate rock and roll indulgence and lifestyle. And then you talk to Pete Townsend, he's like, "No, that was my friend who died." Yeah, right. You know, it wow. just brings a whole reality to it. I what, think. what about uh, what, uh, Keith Richards? Doesn't all still alive? Still alive? We'll never still die. Alive, but the thing is, is wasn't he like the 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 epitome of people that party like crazy? Except yeah. he lived. Yeah. Except for he lived. It's true. And they just but, released a new album this week, and it's really good. Is it? Yeah, it's really good. Although they always say that about Woody Allen movies and uh, McCartney records. Like, this one's really... No, this, seriously, this one's good. <laughs> really? About McCartney records? Seriously, this Woody Allen movie's good. You should go see it. Seriously, it's good. Last McCartney album, good album, I think, is uh, Flowers in the Dirt in 88. Although the Fireman was supposed to be really good. I didn't really listen to that, though. Uh, I liked um, the, the, sa- the one after uh, Linda died that, that was all covers, uh, Run Devil Run. Oh yeah, that is good. I like uh John Lennon's rock and roll covers, rock and roll, the album rock yeah. and roll. You don't like that? That's okay. All right. I don't what do you have guys any think of the song trivia? Pipes of Peace. Anyone? <laughs> I'll be over here. Oh. <laughs> there is an interesting uh documentary, I don't know, uh I'm not really into sports, but I know Paul is and you might like this about Shea Stadium that came out on HBO. I don't know if anybody saw baseball. that. Baseball. Recently it's baseball. Okay. Well done, Jackie. Well and, done. And uh they they closed down Shea Stadium like two four years ago the original Shea Stadium and they got Billy Joel to close the big concert and not to do a spoiler alert but he finagles McCartney to make a surprise <gasps> cool. to parents to come and play two songs and the coolest part in this whole documentary is that, you know it's a whole thing it's like will Paul get there will Paul get there you know that's how they keep you attended and sorry I ruined it for you. Um, <laughs> Paul gets there. Is there anything in that? Uh, okay, go ahead. Oh, so so Sorry. Paul gets there, makes it to uh, makes it to Shea Stadium, gets in the little golf cart, and the driver, who's 112, goes, "Hey, I drove you the first time you were here." <gasps> I went. I was like yelling. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and my wife comes from. What happened? What happened? It was the first driver. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great documentary. You should check it out. Now that I run the ending for you. 
It's a, <laughs> that's fine. There was nothing in the vault for the, um, can you ruin that thing about the, Geraldo, Geraldo, Geraldo Rivera. Oh, there was nothing there. I watched that live. Yeah, I kitchen. watched that live too, didn't I? It's with, with Al Capone's. Al Capone's vaults. <laughs> As a group, <laughs> Al Capone's vault. We're all of an age. It's beautiful. <laughs> so what's, what sports do you in, uh, enjoy? I enjoy the uh, National Football League. Oh, oh, right, right. With the, with the hitting. With the hitting. Okay. And the concussions. And, and the I enjoy, the, and and I enjoy the... the professional basketball and I, and I don't like amateur sports. You don't enjoy, uh, college no. sports? Is that amateur? Yes. Okay. Don't they get paid though on the sly? I mean, they should, but they I should. just look at them and I think, okay, I just think, first of all, you guys should be at the library. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially those 80,000 kids that I, are there all day. And day. I like the I'm cut like, of your jib, sir. I what like that. You, what are you doing? And then it's like, it's not, it's like watching an eighth grader play with kindergartners. There's always two or three guys on the field that are so far ahead of the pack. Okay. It just doesn't, it's not sporting to me. No, did you attend the university? Did you go to college? Yeah, with a terrible, terrible sports program. Oh, okay. Oh, which, um, now? A Bowdoin College in Maine, which is Division Three. Who did? Your dad went to a boat I'm in the middle of Maine? not that much older than you, but I might have known him. Because you were there for some time, were you? I graduated you in 91. S- okay. Did, uh, did you... Um, did you? So you grew up in Chicago, but you went yeah. to college in Maine? Yeah. Very, How did that happen? I don't know. That's so weird. Do you like lobster? What? I do. <laughs> I do. And a piece of, little piece of personal trivia, I was conceived in Maine. Uh, Maybe I was returning to my... Like spawning. Yeah. (laughs) Nice work. Were your parents from Maine? Was No, my mother uh, was from uh, the East Coast, and she went to a summer camp in Maine that we then kind of spent some time at in the summers. Okay. When I was a zygote. Right, right. And uh, right when... Yeah. Just a twinkle. Yes. Where did you go to college? That's the name of the college sporting team, wasn't it? The zygotes? The zygotes. Yeah. Was that the name of the team? I went to Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, uh, so the mm. University of Wisconsin. The only Big Ten football game I ever went to was a Madison Ohio State game in 1986. I only sold T-shirts in '86. Yeah, I was selling uh, seconds and irregulars outside of that game. I was drinking old style and peach schnapps. Uh, starting the, at like uh, 9 a.m., I bet. Yeah. peach schnapps. Disgusting. Good choice. Terrible. Good choice. Terrible. I used to do shots of amaretto. We're a desperate oh, people. Oh. <laughs> It's a desperate, desperate First time love. I got drunk was out of my friend uh, Doug DePew's dad's liquor cabinet. It was amaretto. It's Am- almond? Almond liqueur? Is that it's, right? It's, wow. a, it's, I believe, it's a nut-flavored liqueur. It is a The only a thing I can tell you experience. is how it tastes coming up, because that was the last time I drank yeah, it. Right. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, I uh, I wanted to be in the marching band. That's why I went to the University oh, of Wisconsin. What, you play? what did you play? Trumpet. And, uh, and then my brother got me a job selling T-shirts outside the games. He's like, you want to make money? You want to lose money? And I was like, how am I losing money? How am I losing He's like, by not having this job selling T-shirts, that's how you're losing money. So what you're going to do is, I was like, oh, fine. And so for five years, because that's how long I went to college, uh, <laughs> I sold T-shirts and hooded sweatshirts and hats outside of the uh, outside of the football games. So in '86, uh, Camp Randall. Camp, did you see uh, who who'd they play? Any idea? Ohio State. Ohio State, red on red. The yeah, Buckeyes. Yeah, a lot of red on red. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Those were good games. I used to make about three hundred bucks in cash. Worked really? Work for a guy named Sid Sweet, Sid and Sophie Sweet. And did um, you get to keep that money? Well, so what you do is you sell three thousand dollars worth of stuff, and you get to keep ten percent. This is so much like Goodfellas right now. Oh, it's uh, my life is like Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, do, who doesn't want to show up someplace and go through the kitchen? Who right. doesn't want to, you know? <laughs> I like to see where the door's at at all times. With a bag just of sweatshirts. Case. That's a bag of sweatshirts. And you fold them up nice because Sid and his son Mark would print them in the night and they'd get, and Sid, Sid was like born 70 years old. And so he would work like 14, 16 hour days just like uh, silk screening these shirts and occasionally they'd be a little smudged. He's like, fold them quick. Just fold them quick. Quick, everyone's ha- everyone's hammered. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and these hooded sweatshirts were like eleven dollars. So you were uh, wow. essentially uh, you were cold because it was twelve degrees below zero. Right. And uh, and we were just completely just completely selling. And you get people who are like, why are the tags cut on the on the on the shirts? And you're like, and what that means is that they're seconds or irregulars, and that they're not uh, that there's something fucked up about them. But uh, I would uh, you just go, oh, I don't know why that one must have ripped. <laughs> 
And if you're ever buying t-shirts and you're like, I don't know if this is going to fit me. And if you're too big for it, they'll say, oh, it'll stretch. It'll stretch. Just don't, just don't dry it. And then if it's too big, you're like, oh, fry it in the dryer. That'll yeah. just shrink right down. That'll shrink right down. So essentially there was a lot of sales, uh, yeah. in my life. So and you have it a never... sales background, you'd say? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a, yeah. My father the other day, he's, he was, I told him that I had to turn a, a gig down and he was like, what was the first thing I taught you? Because my father sells aluminum siding. And I was like, what was the first thing I taught you? And I said, pick up other people's change. <laughs> And he said, after that. <laughs> he did not say after that. I was not raised by Lex Luthor. Uh, but the thing is, is I, he said, no, the first thing I taught you was never say no without a number. Never say no without a number. And I was like, oh, I vaguely remember you saying that what hundreds that of times. It means when you have to turn something down, don't say, no, I can't do it. Say, well, I could do it if you, I don't know, give me a certified check for 12 grand. Uh, I could do it. And then they turn you down. And then, uh, or they call your bluff. Or they call your bluff and, and then, then you, you get a grand. giant bag of money. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I actually, two days after that, this guy said, um, um, I had to turn down a, a weird gig here in Los Angeles and I said, hey, I picked up a money gig that night. So unless you want to uh, pay me $200, I'm going to go do the money gig. And the guy said, I can give you a hundred. And, uh, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, so, because what happened was, is I had uh, messed up the day, so I ended up making a hundred dollars both nights. And your father must have been proud on that one. Oh, my that father is, is very proud. I so- And I die a little bit, because every time I make that compromise, I think, what the fuck? <laughs> so you never made it to the marching band? No, I never, no, I, I auditioned all week long, and then my brother said I can get you this job, and so I didn't oh, okay. go to the last two days. And so me and Mike LaCrone never really, I got to interview him once, it was a set, I know, I'm still mad about it. We the still hazing talk about is it. supposedly brutal, right? Right, right, I had a friend of mine, Mike Harriman, who, um, Harriman, that's his last name, Harriman. Uh, <laughs> M- Michael, Michael uh, Harriman, uh, went to, uh, bless you, he, he ended up being in, uh, um, in the marching band and got kicked out of college because he partied too much. Because what happens is, is you end up, you know, you just in the marching band just ends up being your life, man. Yeah. Those ba- those bandies can partay. And what's the arc of the, you know, you the get, covenant? you graduate it. You gra- uh, what's the arc of the covenant do during marching band? They just brought that into the middle of the field and opened it up. Yeah, and that's it. They're, they're just, just like the melting of faces. Melts is everybody's face. Get, once you're out of college and you've been in the, you've all that time oh, in, right, in the marching right. band, there's not really like professional no, no, well, ranks. You, well, there's, uh, when I, when I was out of college, there, my marching band in high school was such a big deal that they had an alumni marching band that would march in South Milwaukee days every year. And so one year I was home and they, and my buddy Paul Burridge, uh, who was in, uh, drum corps, he was like, Hey, I'm going to marching band practice. Uh, do you want to go? Um, and we're just going to play the same nine songs we played in high school and you just want to go. And I, I just went to the rehearsal and they said, if you show up to three rehearsals, you can march in the 4th of July parade for the alumni band. And so we all go. And so we're all like 30 years old at this point. And as soon as the, the snare drum started playing the cadence, I burst into tears. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Because you know how like you hear you hear something from childhood and you can either just get this welling up of emotion and in my case I was like oh my god we were so fucking stupid <laughs> and because it was and then we played like dun, dun, I don't whatever but uh, and I still enjoy a, a parade I still enjoy a parade great deal. that's that's what's left over from marching band Do not I joined it. the marching band in high school but I didn't join until senior year. Oh, okay. And uh, I, wow. was in dr- I was in the drum, drum section. Okay. Uh, but Dumbers. They, I was in the drum section in eighth grade. Oh, really? Eighth but what grade. they don't tell you is when you join is, yeah. you Ooh, you played the bass? I played the bass drum because I wasn't good enough on the snare. Okay. Well, they won't let you start on snare right. or try it. So I had a senior year. By the time, you know, when you joined freshman year, you've moved up to snare drum. But then me being a senior joining the first time, I got stuck on bass drum yep. with three other freshmen. Yeah. I've been six feet tall since ninth grade. So, so I just like this towering, like these three prepubescent kids behind me. Dun, dun, dun. When I started playing drums in seventh grade, I, I was playing trombone, which is awful because the first day I had the trombone, I dropped it. Ooh. And it, so it was bent. Right. Did you break the bell? So, no, it just went <laughs> every time you slid it. I couldn't get a new one. So anyway, I started right. playing drums, and they put me in, not marching band, but in band. Right, right, concert band. Uh, concert band. Stage and, band. And we would march. But um, 
I was also a piano player. I started playing piano very young, and they knew that. So we played uh, the theme from Chariots of Fire. Sure you mm-hmm. did. Evangelist, oh, whatever yeah. it is. And there's that thing, yeah. right? And they got like a 400-pound synthesizer in there. <laughs> and then which, and when we did the concert for the parents, too, in the auditorium, I had to just go... Oh, cause you like play piano. Seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, and had to turn, they had to make me follow along the music, which is just one, the same note. Right, right. Yep. For seven pages. Right, right. You know, I played bass clarinet in concert, in concert band, and bass clarinet is essentially one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, bottom, and then one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, sixteen, two, three, four, eighteen, two, three, four, <laughs> and then, and then it's just, it, all it is is counting. Right. All you're doing is counting yeah. measures. You could have joined Big Black. You could have been in, a, in like a math rock band. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to play the triangle in stage band. Uh, I'm not making that up. Me, <laughs> me and Ed Grimley. Uh, <laughs> because it was all kettle drums and, and all those other, and like I a full set. And, and so the, the, the guys who had been there, so, and I literally had one song. And I sat there the whole time till the end of the song. And it was like, <laughs> ding. <laughs> <laughs> For the re- it was so humiliating. <laughs> High school is so inclusive. Yes. It just feels good, doesn't it, to think back and think about how ridiculous it was. Okay, so what did you, you guys, uh, what else do you want to, uh, Neil, are you raising your hand? No? Oh, I thought you Do you have any more Beatles trivia? Is that yeah, bad you, to go What, back you, what to? else you got? You oh, got yeah, be- yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, okay. Uh, we weeded off, but as per usual. Let's go for a hard one. Okay. I think. Um, the Beatles started their, uh, uh, label, Apple Core. Mm-hmm. Apple Core. We're getting a text. We're getting a something. Getting oh, a shit. Text. What? Were you George on? Harrison becomes first Beatle to have a solo number one hit with My Sweet Little. George Harrison. One. There it is. Yes. Somebody in the audience Thank brought it. Well done, sir. My well story's done. better. What? Your story is better. But I'm right. That Ringo was the one. All right, this is a difficult one. Okay. Uh, uh, they started Apple Records. Yes. Recordings, uh, which, by the way, they sued Apple uh, a few years ago and lost. Yes. Yes, and lost. Um... But uh who was the first non-British artist to sign to Apple Records? James Taylor. Oh, damn it. Good one. Bing, Good one. Bing, oh, bing. really? Yep. Really? All I right. believe he was the first person signed to Apple. I thought he was the, the first one signed, but when I did some uh, uh, research today, we, I could only find first to non-British. First non-British, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Another James one. Get another, right. one. another one. Uh, I like James Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about... Um, okay, this is a difficult one. Uh, which Beatles album contains only material written by John and Paul? It is also the first album to feature only Beatles music. Rubber Soul. And the clock is started. No, not Rubber Soul. No, not Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul is not right. No. It's not Revolver. We only got four more. <laughs> With, uh, is it, is it uh, a Beatles for sale? No, it was also the title of a movie. Hard Day's Night. Uh, <laughs> the sixth. Not the fair. sixth. Oh, soundtrack. Seven. What? It's a soundtrack. Oh, I don't know about that. I guess you could call it that. Oh, and another kind of sub uh, uh, question to that is, uh, what? Where, hold on, I wrote this out very cleverly. Hold on. Uh, all right, it's actually not that clever. Uh, <laughs> what future prog rock drummer slash singer appeared as an extra in a Hard Day's Night? Oh, everybody knows. Wow, Andy nice. Wood knew that also. All right, well done. Did you know? Mm, Phil Collins. No. He's the drummer for Genesis. Correct. All right. Correct. There you go. <laughs> ah, it's a fun game. It's a drinking <laughs> game for those of you rangers of the dark forest at what, home. What musician, what very famous fronting bass playing musician appeared in the movie Quadrophenia? Front? Sting. Sting? Oh, really? Somebody knew that. Yeah. In that weird Sting sweater. Also in, uh, in the, there was a weird Gordon Sumner. Gordon Sumner. Ooh, I like Ten Sumner Tales. I actually right. I hate Sting. I think we all do. Oh, uh, oh no, no, I don't mind. I don't mind. St- I like the police. You thank you oh, very much. He's a dick. Okay, oh, you know, like, well, hold on. Let me. We John like Sting. Lennon's we like Sting and the Police. Okay. Yes. yes. We hate Sting after his third solo album. Third right, solo album. That's some That's deep sting, sting knowledge. I take a lot of sting. A lot of sting. I went knowledge. to see the police on the reunion tour, and I paid a lot of money because I never got to see the police. And I told my wife, I don't care how much money I paid for these tickets. If he busts out a loot, I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah, of here. Yeah, that's right. Did it happen? No, no, thank God. All right. 
Did he move to Portland and turn it into a bicycle? Uh, <laughs> that is actually a Maria Bamford joke. I uh, sorry about that. It's, it's a mandolin Portland bicycle. MariaBamford.com. Go for it. Okay, so uh, the uh, what do you, you got? Another one? Or oh, is that sure. it? No, is that I got, it? I got, oh, you got four home. more. I think <laughs> I only got twelve, and I think we have four more. Uh, did that one? Did that one? Uh, okay, this is a this is a, I think a semi easy one. Paul claims that he dreamt the rhythm and melody for yesterday. So before <laughs> he wrote the lyrics and came up with the title, he referred to this song as what? Scrambled eggs. Uh, okay, good. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh my baby, how I love your legs. Yes. And uh, I don't know if anybody watches Fallon, but he had McCartney on, and they, oh, and they did, did scrambled they did eggs. Scrambled right? eggs. Fallon, really fucking Amazing doing good stuff, stuff, man. Yeah, Amazing. he's really doing good stuff now. Uh, here's a difficult one. 19 in... <laughs> Wait, who did he do doing the Growing Pains theme? Was that what it just was? Did you send that to me? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, it was incredible. What was, was it? A great story. Jimmy I'll, Fallon I'll sang the Growing Pains theme? As somebody. Uh, i got to figure it out. Anyone? No? No. Okay. No, I'll go good. Yes, Jimmy Fallon character. Oh, is that the one who did it? No, that was the show. That he did? What was it? I'll figure okay. it out. I'll figure it out. I got right. you. I know what you're saying. Do you guys remember the, the, the words to the Quincy theme song? <laughs> there were words to the Quincy theme song? <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. Uh, I just wanted there to be. Quincy is a doctor. No, he's not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> just something like that. It's just on a <laughs> boat examining that woman's thigh. <laughs> Inappropriately. That woman that's Jack too young Clugman. for him. And, uh, Clugman. <laughs> In a, in a, in a beautiful station wagon it was. That'd be called a crossover now. That's how beautiful a station wagon it was. Uh, I yeah, remember getting, got, oh, I have one more. Oh yeah? Alright. Uh, in, in, according to this question, it's in 19,565. It was a typo. So I'm assuming, wow, I'm assuming it's 1965 at this point. Rubber Soul featured uh-huh, the Beatles' uh-huh. first song with a sitar. Name that song. Name Norwegian that. Wood. Damn it. Nice one. Nice one. Holy oh, shit. This is Originally entitled. Oh, Christ. Uh-oh. <laughs> Follow up. Knowing she would. Oh, really? Yes. Knowing she would? But right. was, was too considered too uh, risque. Knowing she would? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I got Not a, a dick joke. sexual reference. Oh, is it? Okay. You oh. know, I didn't get the other night. Pink taco. Uh, oh, I, 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 I just I, got that. I told I just you, got that. Yeah, there's no reason not to. There's no reason to not fucking get that. It's horrifying. I, and... uh I did a show at a place Are called Pink Taco. Yeah. yeah, and that that was the guy I made pay me a hundred dollars. <laughs> I was like, I will do your show, but I would like a hundred dollars to go to some creep fact factory on Sunset called Pink Taco. All right, I want to stump Paul with one. All right, I just want to stump Paul with one. So I'm gonna. Paul, Paul's weeded off into texting. So. I'm, no, I'm looking for the Fallon thing, which actually was him singing the Silver Spoons oh. theme as somebody though, and it's not. Who out. wanted to live in that house? Oh yeah, we all wanted to live in that house. I always loved that Justin Bateman. No, no, not Jason. Jason Bateman's character burned down his treehouse to collect the insurance money. In That's Arrested funny. Development? No, no, in uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the... in Silver Spoons. In, ha- in right. Hancock. Silver Spoons. He was around for a while. <laughs> you know, all all of. All of pop culture is a fucking popcorn ball in my head. That's, that's what it is. It's, where's that podcast? Popcorn ball. And, uh, this is that podcast. <laughs> it's, uh, okay. So it has been an hour, gentlemen. Okay. Wow. Uh, I know it. It's, it goes by pretty quick. And, uh, and so let's, uh, everyone should watch Private Practice. Everyone should, uh, yay, Private Practice. Paul Adelstein. Yay. Adelstein. I did it. Edelstein. I know it. I know Stein. it. Stein or Stein? Stein. Stein. Is it Stein? Mm-hmm. I she went has to a Stein. track record of not it's getting last okay. names right. I know. Valeriano? Very good. Two. Twelve years in the making. All right. <laughs> Twelve years. Uh, and you can call me Jackie Cashian. Uh, you can uh, you can ethnic up my name because people fuck it up all the time. And uh, Kardash- It's Kardashian, right? It's Kardashian. Uh-huh. Those guys, man. They're helping Armenians everywhere. They're just... <laughs> They're a walking, walking advertisement for birth control. Oh. Anyway, uh, I can't, uh, I can't watch. Can't do it. I hope it all works out for them, of course. I hope they buy land. I believe they did already. Uh, so, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, what, what Doris, uh, 
Doris Music, uh, we're going to be playing in Las Vegas on November 9th and then hopefully in Los Angeles in December sometime. Okay, so everybody should go see uh, the band. Now, Murray. Yes, ma'am. What is uh, your websites and your things to plug? Besides uh, Road Stories, the great podcast. The great podcast, Road Stories. Uh, you can go there at roadstories.tv or uh, at murrayvalerano.com. Um, check that out. And also, I'll be, I don't know what's going on, I'll be at the Irvine Improv this weekend. I don't nah, know if this is going up. Not no? a chance. All right. <laughs> Uh, then the Chicago Improv, uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Is okay. It? Uh, nice. I'll be there, so Chicagoites, come on out. And, I'm, uh, I'm all over Reno. I'm doing Reno. I'm catch doing Portland. Catch or Harris? Uh, catch. Oh. It's, uh, uh, we- <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be on Road Stories to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go ahead and sign you up for that following week. Uh, <laughs> I literally almost, I went, I, I dissed, uh, like this girl kept calling out at the catch in Reno at, during my set and, and I had to Heckling? shut her, I had to shut her down and her boyfriend was, uh, like a fucking Ed Hardy buff dude and it was like, give me the eye and I'm like, hey buddy, I'm just kidding. And I go to kind of give him the old slap. He grabbed my hand and pulled me off stage. Oh, Security came the whole nine yards. Wow. So enjoy, wow. enjoy Catch a Rising Star in Reno. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you ever have that, when you play live music? <laughs> yeah. You ever get hecklers? Oh, what yeah. do you get? You, yeah, get yeah. you suck, you get. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're opening for somebody big, they do not want to see you. Wow, they don't want to see you work through your career? No, they don't want anything. They don't want oh. anything to do with you. Wow. This is great when you're playing a really a quiet one. It's really, really good. <laughs> when, you're ba- yeah. when, when your music is all Vienna. Right. It's all Vienna and oh, you're just yeah. like, oh, I can hear every, every, everybody with their every ice. Knuckle. I would every- like to dedicate this one to my mother. She was a great woman. You suck! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. Yes. Brutal, my friends. It's, uh, and, uh, what I should announce is that, uh, uh Dork Forest is gonna move to the All Things Comedy, uh, network, uh, with, um, uh, Al Madrigal and Bill Burr. Oh, great. And, uh, it'll be on SoundCloud. So I don't know if the app's gonna work anymore, but, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure everything works and everything uh, is good. And thank you so much for supporting the Dork Forest and feel free to review it and hang out and thanks for coming to LA Podcast Festival. Thanks a lot for having us too. And if you didn't get a patch, you can get a patch. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?